go ahead and pray first and then we'll go. Oh, Heavenly King, we come the Spirit of truth for our Savior, present and fill us all things, treasure your blessings, and give our life. Come and abide in us and cleanse us from every impurity and save our souls, a good one. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Actually, do you know if Emily had a baby yesterday? Yes. Okay. She did, and he is, was like 8 pounds, 16 ounces or something like that. No, 16 ounces doesn't make sense. Maybe it's 8 pounds, 6 ounces, maybe that's sort of. Okay. I'm good there, okay? Yep. I will, I think I'll do the, the first day prayers when they get home, because it was by cesarean. So I think that they'll be in, she'll be in the hospital a little bit longer. And this afternoon I have a baptism on t- before Vespers and then... That's right. Nobody's told the choir to come today, I don't think. Oh. The baptism. That I know I of. told Mark and Beth. Mother Beth. Is, but are they still in Memphis? Are the Freemans still in I don't Memphis? know. Mother Beth said they were getting home today. They're getting home today. Okay. I mean, I've done baptisms by myself and just sang <laughs> by myself. By yourself. Okay. It's, it's an amended version. Because <laughs> I haven't seen anything from Mark or Mother Beth that we need to be here today. Oh, there's a baptism? I think, it, isn't it? Reverie Mary. Reverie Mary. I'll be here, but I'm doing photography. You so I mean, I, I'll be here, but I, won't, but I won't be in the choir because she asked me to do photography. Oh, so uh, you're <laughs> taking pictures. Yes, mm-hmm. good. So, all right. so let's jump in to Titus 2. Uh, do we need some more? Hold it up. So last time we went ahead and finished Titus 1. I think there was maybe a loose end here or there, but off the top of my head I don't remember what they were, and that's fine. If somebody wants to ask a question about it, we can go back. But the basic uh, structure that we saw in Titus 1 uh, was the preparation for and the basically qualifications for elders, uh, for priests, bishops, etc., to... Uh, govern the church, but also specifically the the reason for this impetus because of false teachers. Uh, False teachers, of course, specifically because of what they were teaching, but also the way they were acting, because the theme that we've seen throughout Titus that Paul keeps hitting on from the very beginning, uh, and we're going to hear it right at the very beginning of Titus 2, and it's kind of what creates this impetus to go in Titus 2, this chapter. Again, this is weird, modern or I should say medieval, dividing things up into chapters because that's not how they thought. So we have to think about this in the whole book oh, and not mm-hmm. just like unit, unit, like uh, discrete unit, discrete unit, right? Mm-hmm. It's a whole narrative. Narrative is not, probably not the right word, but a train of thought, right? Uh, that you have, for example, in this section uh, in Titus 2 uh, where he exhorts bond servants, basically slaves. But you, you'll miss aspects of that if you don't, go back to 1-1, the very beginning where Paul calls himself a slave to God, right? Mm -hmm. So the ability to read, especially when we're reading scripture, to read uh, a book in its entirety, not to pull it out of its context, not to just kind of zero in, uh, but you have to think of it, the whole book together. Then, of course, I would say canonically how it fits in within the whole scope of scripture, but especially with Paul, to be able to look at the other Pauline 
uh, epistles. So one book, the two other books, at least that I would recommend outside of Titus is First and Second Timothy, where a lot of these themes are repeated or expanded or in a different situation where he's talking about and trying to um, create uh, strong, vibrant churches. Right. So uh, this chapter that we'll see is going to practical things. If before we had the practical aspect of setting up elders, uh, the character and the chaos that false teachers brought into the church, and now we're going to see what uh, Paul believes outside of sound elders is helpful uh, to create strong churches. So, who would like to read aloud? Sure. How far do you want me to read? Um, <coughs> let's Let's go to, yeah, one to ten. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men may be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience, the older women likewise, that they may be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works, in doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Exhort bondservants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back, not pilfering, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. So we have, as I was just saying, Paul setting up, uh, going from beyond certain uh, ordained folks to a broader gamut. Uh, and we have to think about this, right? This is the very beginning of the church. <laughs> this is, uh, some of these things, it's like, uh, this seems pretty practical, right? Like, shouldn't this be obvious? Uh, but it is, the, Paul's not alone in this. This was a very common Roman and Greek, I'll say moralist. Don't think moralist as in like Victorian moralistic stuff, but just like, how should I say this? You know how we look to the founding fathers in America as a certain kind of like, they encourage a certain kind of civic order, a way folks should be? The Romans and Greeks were doing the same things, right? If you're going to have a polity, you have to have some virtue exercised. So some of the similar things that are going on, if we want a well-run city, Aristotle, Plato, et cetera, et cetera, all sorts of other minor names, uh, they're going to talk about uh, virtues and specifically they're going to be focused on households because households are the building blocks of communities uh, that is just the way it has always been that it was much more formal and structured historically <laughs> uh, as we've kind of talked about in the past uh, a little bit uh, there is uh, in this then a specific difference though that Paul brings to it that's very different from the way that like the Greeks and the Romans and what you could say like a modern statesman, uh, you know, some of our senators or if they actually talk about good order, et cetera, we maybe have changed our discourse a little bit from households to other, you know, individuals. Uh, 
but you can see here, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the uh, old men <coughs> in verse 2, just for a second. Uh, what is the basic things that Paul says that older men should be like? They should be sober. They should be reverent. They should be temperate. They should be sound in faith, in love, and in patience. What kind of picture is Paul drawing here? painting here because it's not much different from his advice to the older women right mm -hmm. but what, what is what picture is he painting someone in control someone in control but not control as in like tyrannical control no, right you mean control of themselves so uh, one commentator said temperate dignified and self-controlled I think there's an assumption here. Well, Paul doesn't really assume this, but I think for whatever reason, maybe it's our culture that there's kind of the um, trajectory into older age because for <laughs> old men and old women, that at that time, that kind of meant 50s, 60s, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because they don't, lifespans. It's just a different world, right? <coughs> so this is like grandparents. Uh, those who now have grandchildren, I mean, you can already see, right? Because older women, they are tasked with teaching the younger women. And there's an assumption that teaching the younger women, that they're teaching younger women who have children, mm -hmm. because we're talking about households here. <laughs> we're not talking about discrete individuals teaching each other. Nowadays, women aren't allowed to teach their daughters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there... Well, there was... A, it, historically there would have been everything would have been contained in a household and you wouldn't really cross the boundary into another household unless there was an uh, to those who are not then creating a new household does that make sense like <laughs> a daughter would have the responsibility within that household but you wouldn't necessarily have until there's a new house formed out of that house somebody from outside teaching Mm -hmm. that household right there's a little bit more instead of individuals you have to think about it as like a fa clans yeah. <laughs> families there was mm -hmm. much the paterfamilias right like the head of the house and the especially the roman era so what you have saint john chrysostom's reflection on this i think is actually really funny basically this is advice for grumpy old men <laughs> because he says and this is because we i think we have this kind of idea maybe it's just me so you guys can that you kind of sail into, maybe this is just a younger person's idea, like you sail into <coughs> those later years and it's just kind of that trajectory and everything's just going to be fine. It's going to be kind of like what you did before, mm -hmm. just you've lived longer. But part of what Christosom is saying is there is a whole lot that happens in those extra 30 years <laughs> mm -hmm. that allows for heartache, for particular disappointments, because you've lived longer, right? You've had more stuff happen. <laughs> you've had things that you've started, planned, et cetera, that fall apart, that, uh, et cetera. I think that's why, for example, this temperance, uh, he specifically talks about uh, that older women are not given to much wine. At that time, in Greek-Roman society, uh, Greco-Roman society, you can get, because we get this from, if you read the literature at the time, the kind of... Uh, critical comments that are made, and one of them is that there was a temptation uh, to be addicted to wine for older women. Uh, this is kind of a trope in their society. Um, but you can see, I mean, 
what starts happening as you get older? We were already starting to talk about this just a few minutes ago. You start talking about things you have to pay attention to with your diet that you never really paid attention to before. Your body starts falling apart <laughs> slowly, surely, and sometimes abruptly. Uh, you have then, outside of that physical stuff, right, the, the emotional or the familial or life puts you in certain situations that you maybe never thought you are going to be. That in your 30s, oh, or 20s, or whatever, you think you can just overcome it. I but think once you have you, more control maybe when you're younger. You at least have the illusion that you have more control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you can just start over again, or you can just move somewhere else. Oh, everything it, is your choice. Like, you leave right. your parents, and then like, oh, this is my life. I get to make what I want. That is our challenge now. Uh, and I think part of what he is depicting here is somebody who's temperate, dignified, self-controlled, that's still a, a goal. That's something for younger folks, and I'm starting to get to that point where in about a decade I'm going to start qualifying in the older, right? Like, it's still something to look towards, but it's also an older age to not just think that we settled into it, because I can I'm like 38, and I kind of, in ways, like, think I've settled into certain things, but, like, I need to be a little bit more alive to the habits and things that I'm stuck in yeah. that might have been only the past five years, mm-hmm. like parenting. <laughs> That's <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, as the old pun here, the challenge is to have a sense of purpose. With you, you know you've got people that need you and you, know, you need to take care of them, you know, those who have children at home. Um, when you're still working, you know you have a place you have to go. But at my stage, it would be easy to just say, oh, you know, I said, I really, it's really a challenge to be able to find a purpose and to maintain a sense of purpose. Sorry to that's a downer, but that, this is uh, a space to be able to talk me, about downers that and That strikes me as what he's talking about, you know, what you're saying. Yeah. Should I just go down to the, you know, I have like the Pantanazopoulos describe life in Greece because they go there a lot. You know, the men just go down to the cafe and Play spend, spend all day down at the cafe. <laughs> uh, you know, are they helping out with the other things that are going on in the household? Mm-hmm. No. Here's the description of the women just drinking wine. And slandering, gossiping. Gossiping. So. Mm-hmm. Which is what the men are doing so at it, Plains Tavley, too. Basically, <laughs> it's still hard work to feel like you're participating and doing an okay job. I think that in my mom feels... I must, I've been thinking about that with my mom because she's 93 and she's at my house and she functions pretty well, but she's sleepy all the time and I, I keep wishing I could give her more purpose, you know? <laughs> like, how does okay. she... No wonder she sleeps all the time. She doesn't know what she's living yeah. for. You know? I mean, I, she prays and reads the Bible constantly and yeah. is involved in her family's lives, but I wonder... I, I think about that too. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that reassurance. That's not just me. Well, I think this uh, is going to be more and more of a challenge because I think even younger folks still feel that too. Because our society is so uh, independent, fractured, uh, I'll say suburbanized without just as just the phenomenon, right? We all live in our own homes, like put away from other people. We don't live, these towns, these cities, everyone knew everyone's business because you wouldn't have had like glass windows. (laughs) You're you're walking past each other, right? Like 
you, you, you had to sell your pig to, well, the Jews weren't selling pigs, but, you know, like, <laughs> you were interacting with each other in a way that, like, Chickens. you knew you're growing up, my dad's a blacksmith. The likelihood that I'm going to become a blacksmith is probably 95%, right? Like, what we have new challenges, and part of the reason I specifically chose Titus, you've probably been constantly like, why are this random book, is this chapter, <laughs> because it talks about the building blocks of a church and the relationships and the kind of responsibilities that go between older and younger. And St. Anne's has some particular challenges and that have even increased since I feel like I even chose Titus. <laughs> We have a lot of young families with kids that have come recently, and we have a little bit lesser older folks uh, compared to now the numbers. And so how do we cross-pollinate? Uh, how, how do we make sure that everything kind of works together? And because as we grow, we already have this challenge right now, how do we maintain the bond when it was 70 to 100 on a Sunday morning, where almost everybody could fit here and what used to be the coffee, you know, hour hall, we're beyond that point. Some of that will be helped by building a space where we can fit. Some of it is going to have to be even the case because we all live an hour <laughs> or so, like as an extreme, right, to figure out ways and to kind of brainstorm and talk about uh, you know, we've tried to do some small group stuff, uh, fits and starts. Some have been successful. Even what this is based off the synaxis has its roots back before with uh, a small group that just kind of kept growing and then it needs somebody else to take it on. So I think there is a challenge uh, before us, uh, not even just old to young, uh, young to old, the opposite direction, but I also say like those who are new to Christianity, <laughs> because part of what is going on in the background of this, like uh, this, why would you need to say not given to much wine? Partly because if you lived in a culture where you literally worshipped a god who's dedicated, right, Bacchanalia, right, Bacchus, like you. <laughs> to drunkenness, to rever like we live in a culture and we're going to start, and we are already getting folks who are, I'll say refugees from a Bacchanalian existence that is modern life. Wow. And they need, so there's one aspect of like teaching, like we believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is who Jesus is. These are the sacraments of the church. Here's the ascetical life. But some folks need even more specific practical stuff. So the women are tasked in a very specific way. What are, they, what are the older women are tasked? Tasked, that sounds... What, what, are the, what does Paul say? What, do you, what are older women supposed to do? Obviously they can do more than this, but this is something... Younger women teaching is a big deal. Teaching, what does it specifically say? Teach of good things. Yes. So let's... So verse 4... Reverent in behavior... Right. So we, we have a kind of painting that's similar to the older men, right? Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be reverent behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. It's very similar to the older men, right? <clears throat> that they, this is specifically older women, because there's a shift in verse 6 to the exhortation of younger men. It actually falls on Titus' shoulders. But you have here the, that the older women are supposed to admonish the young women to love their husbands, 
to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. Uh, this echoes, we have all of these kind of qualifiers, but at the very end there, that, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. That's the same if we go down to verse 10, right? Uh, when he's exhorting bond servants, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. This goes back to even who are you supposed to ordain? They're supposed to be people who the broader world would also say these are people that would want to make me inquire about why they live the way that they live, right? This is the theme throughout Titus is we want uh, we desire and it should be reflected in the way that we live so that the world is interested in Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. So what specifically comes to your mind as we see what older women in Paul's mind are supposed to be active in doing? Teaching younger women how to live. Seems like that's the main thing, right? Just speak up. To teaching the younger women how to live. How to live? What does how it specifically to... say? What admonish the young women to da 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 da? Everything is about what we're right. to honor God. To honor God. Love their husbands. Love their children. To, to love their husbands and love their children. Be discreet. Right. Chaste. Homemakers. Good. So what what come what do you think about this? This is not a normal cultural thing for us. Yeah. <laughs> you you My said it earlier. Pushes me away. I mean, even though she's very. Like, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm very happy that we talk right now. It's like giving permission to your parents to talk to you is a big thing these days, I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how am I supposed to admonish her? Like maybe I think she's open to that because she has a very deep faith. But even, even for me, when I was her age, I remember pushing my mom away. <laughs> so... But did you search for other older women in the church? Maybe that's true. Maybe other older women. That's she what probably I, listens to other older that, women that's more. That's what I'm saying. That, that's, that's a good I, point. Yeah. I said, where is the woman who's going to tie this to me? <laughs> yeah, I will say, coming from not a, a Christian home and kind of doing this mm -hmm. on my own, um, <clears throat> I've longed for my mom to be right. like this, teaching me these things. But right. the truth is, I probably wouldn't accept it very well from her. <laughs> and so I need to recognize, like, God has given me lots of blessings of the women around mm -hmm. me all through my Christian journey, and that's been true. Mm -hmm. And um, I wish my mom was one of those, you know, but it, mm -hmm. it, he, God does fill in with other people, and I think that's what this is maybe Because Paul doesn't say, moms teach your daughters. That's right, you're right. It's that, true. I mean, that's not the focus here. <laughs> yeah, I think that I is that. generally a biblical concept, <laughs> but that's that. not what he's saying right here. That's all you see. <laughs> so you can, admonish, you can admonish everyone else. <laughs> so this, uh, this begs the question, <laughs> what does admonish mean? Right, what does that mean? <clears throat> exactly. Sternly encourage. <laughs> yeah, I think Sternly skull. encourage. Skull. That's what skull. I think of when I think of I'm admonish not, too. No, like, I would say like implore. Negative. Like maybe yeah. that's better. No, that sounds better, right? Yeah. Like not. It's different than review. It's harsh, right? but it's, yeah. it's important. Important, but it's not um, wholeheartedly yeah, encouraging. Yeah, right? that feels better yeah. than yeah. admonished because yeah. I don't think it's coming from a place of you're doing this wrong, but like here's all the things that would be a better way, if that makes sense. Or here's right. possibilities. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it in the word itself, but I also see admonishing to be 
living by example, teaching by example. Mm -hmm. What does it mean? This one says, I have a different version. I'd have to look it up. I looked up certain words in Greek, but not that one. (laughs) This version says um, to train the young women to love their children. I I do think, I agree that there needs to be like the imaging forth and like showing the example, but I do think he's being more specific than just providing the example. There is an element here of like, saying something Mm -hmm. but i think so this is the advice that's given in seminary to guys who are about to go out get ordained etc and take on parishes it's like before you correct or like have to say something that is like pointed you need to make sure that the people know that you love them (laughs) so i think this is not this like where there's this upper echelon of those who are temperate dignified self-controlled have faith hope and love because that's the big thing that paul is pushing here like so there's this kind of controlled person, right? What we, any pagan could become a self-controlled, you know, dignified person. The difference is that faith, hope, and love, that patience, where, because at the very end of this chapter that we didn't read, where all of this comes from, <laughs> why you act like this, uh, which is very different from like a stoic or a contemporary person who's read self-help books and realizes they need to be mindful and like forgiving and kind of have some distance with people. It's, Christians have a different kind of, system is not the word, but reasonings and hope and love that comes from somewhere else than just that. Can you say more about that? What would you like me to say more? I mean, how is it different from the secular? Uh, I think there is, uh, most secular, there's a very specific line of what love means. Uh, Most secular, especially now, so I'll just speak for now and not try to talk about the first century because I'd be way out of my depth. Uh, and I think this is seeped in to, to not just go older women, we're talking about older women, there's also a responsibility for younger men and younger women in relationship, right, to actually be open to hearing admonishment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that there's repentance of like the need for older to admonish, but there's also a need for younger to be able to be even open to hearing something that they might have to correct, uh, that there's wisdom that is there. I mean, all of us. I mean, I when I was 18, I thought I knew everything, right? And then I'd be hearing things, and now 20 years later, I'm like, those things were right, and I did not agree with them when I was 18. Mm-hmm. I think and I had to learn it the hard way. <laughs> and I think nowadays, it seems, from my experience, is the young people go to each other because they don't like the older ideas or the way they grew up or mm-hmm. how, you know, things were done in the 90s. Or <laughs> <laughs> that, that ancient yeah. time yeah. long, long ago. Yeah. <laughs> ancient history. Well, and, and I think that is, without talking about these things in a kind of explicit way, we end up living into all of the currents of whatever the culture is like. Instead of creating the bonds and the relationships and the time that is necessary to do those things. Uh, I think Christians have a very specific uh, goal that's different than uh, tending to oneself. <laughs> and like, as long as my kids get a good education and they're not dead, <laughs> right? And they're, kind, they're functioning society, that's kind of the telos of the secular okay. world. Mm-hmm. Ours is a very different telos. We have a very different set of goals that is going to affect, I like how Terry says this, right? What you do with your time, what you do with your money, and how you make decisions that are very different, that aren't just about myself 
and my dignity or self-control, which are all good things. Mm-hmm. It's not a dig against that. It's just Christians have a different mm-hmm. goal. So I think that means relationships and being able to find at different times. Uh, I think there can be overemphasis in certain circles on like parenting. Well, then what happens when you become a grandparent? When you move out of the parenting, but you're still a parent. Mm-hmm. It's just all changed. And I don't think we don't have these multi generational um, multi generational homes anymore. Mm-hmm. We all live in apartments or homes outside away from each other. And so in many ways I think not that we have to replicate first century social strata or what I'm not talking about that. But to see because I, I Paul is working within that mm-hmm. But he's still trying to trans, like, to transform it. There's something else going on here than just like everyone should have nice, uh, nicely run homes where dad goes out into the public and does the public thing, and mom is making sure everything is nice at home. Because that's how you could read this, like the 1950s yeah. or something, right? Whoa. Or the 19 early 1900s or 1800s. But that's not even what was going on in the first century. <laughs> so some ways we have to blow up some of our basic ideas about what family life or how we relate generationally that is not just going back to the 90s not even that you're up but like there were good things in the 90s that are now lost <laughs> i think natural stuff that are just you no sorry go ahead it's it's past it's fine okay it might come up again but it's okay uh i i think that we, we have a a general crisis that I think we all feel this and it's something in the culture that we're going to feel in the church of these chasms between generations that are not helpful uh, that are only getting more intense I think because we're going to have more micro generations I already feel a gap between me and the 20 somethings (laughs) because it's starting to become like what is the app that people congregate around mm-hmm. instead of like what school was like or like that everyone listened in sync or didn't like in sync to date myself. <laughs> right. I, I think I remember sitting with the high schoolers, you were there and the way they were talking, I was like the way high schoolers socially interact is completely different. And I feel like I could have fit in the eighties, even though it was basically the late nineties that I was in high school and early two thousands, there was still a continuity there. Something has changed. <laughs> and we could spend a whole lot of time talking about those things. And I, that's for the sociologists to figure out in 50 years. But I still think there is incumbent upon us uh, this challenge or at least a, I don't want to make crisis as in we need to freak out and run around and like, you know, danger alert. But like specific ways and talk about and kind of brainstorm in general, not just here in this hour, how we can help mitigate some of these gaps. From, from all sides, because I think it is not just older folks have failed, because I think that's a general millennial trope, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Boomers failed, <laughs> and we're mad. And boomers are like millennials these days, and Gen X is like, I don't care, to use these kind of... Like, that goes back to what I was going to say. There you go. That when Alley-oop. there you go. Our generation, and I don't just mean my generation, but everyone here because we're Christians and we have a certain goal to look to their parents and see the ways that our parents all in this room have failed in certain ways, right? Um, 
I think the boomer in particular, I think here we have multi-generation, so I don't know if this applies to everyone, but the boomers in particular failed, I think, because they were not attached to their families in a generational way. Like, I mean, I just know, I grew up seeing my grandparents maybe twice a year, you know, um, and my parents were so distant and remain distant from that. So that's just one example, but um, to think in those terms of those gaps that are created by our culture, but then as Christians, we have different goals. I don't know. And in many ways, we can be much more creative about how we fill those gaps because it's a different goal than the world has, right? So it doesn't have to look like the 1990s or 50s or 1800s or, you know. It's going to be a moving target, I think. Right. No, and part of me is thinking, too, from New Testament time to 1800s, 1900s, mm-hmm. families lived in a community. They lived, They didn't, you know, like when I graduated from high school, I went from Georgia to Texas to go to college. So I went a long ways away at 18. Um, and so, and my grandparents, my parents, my dad got married and then he was in the Air Force, so they moved a little bit. Um, and then he went back and we stayed in Marietta for 20 years. But his parents and my mother's parents were in North Carolina, so we couldn't afford to go or go very often. You couldn't go see grandparents because they were a long ways away. Then we get married, and then we, when we started having kids, we were in Colorado. Right. I mean, we moved from Illinois to North Carolina to Colorado, and that's where we had our kids. And grandparents were in Georgia and Tennessee and Texas. Mm-hmm. We couldn't go see them. They could come see us, and we could see them. So we saw them more than twice a year usually, but it was hard. So we're trying to see our grandkids four times a year yeah. who live in Wichita. Which is awesome. But yes. that's, yeah. that's a lot more often than Terry yeah. and I yeah. saw mm-hmm. our grandkids. And also you're both Orthodox. You both share a faith. You both share a lot, you know. Well, our daughter and us, yes. Yeah. Not our, pa- our parents were very strong Christians. Right. Both right. Terry and I were both very lucky in that we both lived in strong Baptist families that we were at church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Anytime mm-hmm. there was anything going on, we were at church. So we grew up at least with a strong faith right. um, before we discovered orthodoxy. But when I think that that's that, hard to how do you mm-hmm. how do you do that when you live so far away? FaceTime. <laughs> yes. And we didn't we now we actually can FaceTime now and see him. We couldn't do that as my kid growing right. up with my kids. Well, and I think that's a positive and a negative, but yes. So beyond just kind of interfamilial, because this is not just about our own family stuff, which there's all sorts of challenges addressing in our own families and our backgrounds and where that comes from and Mm -hmm. how Christian or not Christian and the habits and Mm -hmm. forms and all that. But it's also a broader like inner church situation, right? right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And what we have folks coming in who didn't have come their parents were not strong baptist you know but so now it was their grandparents who might have been devout or sort of devout and then their parents and they left christianity when they were in their teens or whatever right Mm -hmm. and so the the challenge that i think we're going to have and i think this is something that orthodoxy specifically has a challenge is and because i've noticed this in catechesis is when I came to the church 15-odd years ago, it was a very different set of folks coming into the church at that time. Mm-hmm. 
it was folks who had strong church backgrounds with some random exceptions, right? right? Mm -hmm. It's just the way it was in orthodoxy. Former Protestant or Catholic or but yes. rooted in their faith. Too. What is now happening yeah. is not that. <laughs> and this is a general cultural thing, but like young 20-somethings who are coming in might have had a little bit of an idea of Christianity at one point. But since then, there's drugs, witchcraft, like Buddhism, like uh, all sorts of stuff, cross-dressing, like whatever, like all over the place. So... There's some of those kind of obvious things, or somewhat more obvious, but that doesn't replace all of the like basic things that catechesis doesn't necessarily do. That's right. right? I can't yeah. be a dad yeah. to a 21 year old. What man. about deaconesses? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, deaconesses historically their role was to prepare young women for baptism. Uh, and to have specific roles with younger women, specifically because uh, you were baptized in the nude. And so there would be a whole thing about that, that the priest was basically in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For those in the audio recording, that's me turning my face away and just doing it, right? So I... I, Oh, you've done that. No. (laughs) I was saying what it would have been like, right? So... Babies, it's just like whatever. (laughs) So, uh, I I think this is kind of this goes back to why the synaxis thing in general is to have like a kind of monthly, like, point of contact where we can, uh, even if there's small group, like, I would like to see more small group kind of form because I think. Sunday morning and coffee hour are never going to suffice in this culture, in this, in this situation. Much less most of us know that. And confession. <laughs> right. And, and confession has a very specific role, but it also is not the same as pastoral counseling that some folks need. Mm-hmm. And some of that pastoral counseling is not just the priest doing it. It is something that comes from the people of God. <laughs> because I can't be a dad to a 21-year-old. I've had a young man say like, I like don't have a dad and I need somebody to dad me basically. And I'm like in my head, like I can think of a few, but that also requires like a a commitment from somebody else to step into a gap Mm -hmm. that is complicated. (laughs) Right. Well, and so, and here's the other challenge of like, we also live in a world where it's like, and this isn't necessarily bad, but it also has its own weaknesses. Everything then gets a specialist that you refer to. Right. Which is a little scary because you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know because <laughs> I've heard of situations of the priests. I haven't necessarily heard this. I have a little bit here where, because I will say, go talk to somebody because right. I, don't, I'm not, I don't have the, the training. It's out of my depth. And there are folks who have gotten great help. There's others where they're like, yeah, you should just get a divorce or yeah, you should just leave or, or yeah, yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah, whatever you should just You're fine. drugs are <laughs> fine. As long as it's, you know, confined to particular times, You're like do those shrooms, whatever. Cause psychedelics are back. <laughs> I don't know if you guys realize that, but or psychedelics are back. Thanks. Thanks for keeping us in the loop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, right. I don't know. There, oh, there's mad. There's elves that live in like, Magical L. Oh, oh. D- I, I was, we'll get into a whole other thing. There's also furries, panda people. Right. Oh, I so, so we're in a very different 
So to be able to, the challenges that we have and for folks to actually be shaped, formed, encouraged to be able, you know what the word is here, uh, the behavior, the older woman would be reverent in behavior. We kind of look over that and be like, okay, pious, right? The Greek actually means to act like a priestess. And it's the only time it's used in the Greek Bible. To be able to, I mean, what does that image, that kind of changes it. Because I imagine when you think reverent in behavior, what do you think that means? Godly. Well, what does that mean? Pray, prayerful, humble, like all the fruits of the Spirit. There you go. Going to church. To think of it as like a part of temple worship, it, it puts it in a different, maybe it's not, it's not necessarily saying that different than what you're saying, but I think it gives a kind of depth to it. Paul uses a word that is not found anywhere else in the Greek Bible to say older women are to be like, become like priestesses. They have a specific temple function that these things of uh, discreetness, chastity, uh, homemakers, good, obedient to their husbands is like temple worship. And I think the challenge that we're going to have, that we have, it's not going to have, is being able to help folks uh, get the kind of some of the natural furniture, <laughs> the natural structures to be able to then have those things transfigured by holiness. Maybe more specific. You've heard me talk about this, so what? what? Well, what's the natural furniture? Is <laughs> what is the natural furniture? Yeah. Being able to show up on time to things. To be able to. <laughs> no, I'm not talking. <laughs> no, what I mean, like, I, I'm reflecting more on what Deborah was saying, not that. <laughs> of, like, the idea of consistency. Yes. Of doing what you say you're going to do, not do ghosting, matters. not right. like <laughs> that. That is this tendency or like just surrounding yourself with just your age group right. and kind of doing this, right. uh, not being things that are not that they're assumed in scripture. They're kind of talked about maybe in like Proverbs, but it's not like the high theological stuff of like Ephesians and the gospel of John, but it's something that is assumed that is good and healthy that the pagans did. This is, I think, why C.S. Lewis talks about, like, uh, righteous pagans, in many ways, have more structure, form, manliness, womanliness than kind of modern people do. Mm -hmm. And that that gap leaves the church with a challenge of, like, can we have more righteous pagans? We kind of have an <laughs> emptiness instead of, like, the virility and the, like, reality that was the ancient world. Who, what was the quote that to become... You have to become fully human to become more Christ-like, right? So the more fully human we become, the closer we are. And that's transfigured by Christ to holiness, right? We keep coming back to this theme, actually, because it, Paul kind of assumes some of the, the stuff, right? The use of the, the Cretan poet that we talked about in the last, uh, that there is something good about psychology there's something good about medicine obviously like uh we can't build so let's just think about a church building right i might be the most devout person like i'm two steps away from theosis i hate to use that kind of language you get what i'm the picture mm -hmm. i'm trying to draw right i can't build a church mm -hmm. physically <laughs> i'm gonna I, I i need other people who have those skills right mm -hmm. 
And it's necessary because that God's house is going to be transfigured, right? Like there's going to be something that's important there. But God assumes, and there's something holy in its own particular way, about the ability to build, right? So I think part of the challenge is being able to help, like, you have someone who doesn't have a dad, who doesn't understand, or a mother, who doesn't understand some of the baseline stuff of how to to interrelate to be with others, we're, we're just kicking challenges down the road, and it's not going to help them to just teach them prostrations and how to pray differently. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think the whole church has to kind of like contemplate and think through, because There's myself as the priest, I can't do it. Because <laughs> I have my own responsibilities for my four children. <laughs> Uh, that we all have to share this kind of load. And I think that's exactly what Paul's saying. Like, there's a shared load, uh, and the synaxis is specifically places to be able to, to kind of discuss these broader challenges. That's why he chose Titus. I think... Oh, sorry. This may be disjointed, but I'm going to throw my thoughts out there, and if they stick with you, they stick with you. But thinking about my own life and the women at St. Anne who have poured into me my heart has been really tender right now so if I cry just stick with me but I'm thinking Beth um, and just how like good she is at seeing you and how good she stands in that gap and I'm thinking of a time like just at Christmas we're having a really tough time and she just said you know I pray for you every day and I'm gonna cry I'm sorry my heart's been like super tender um she she came up to me and she saw me and it's really hard sometimes here I feel like to see to see each other because it's so busy and she saw me and she said you know I've been praying for you and I pray for you all the time like the orthodox way like remember your name she said but I've been going to the Lord and just like pouring my heart out for you Mm. and that just like meant so much to me like more than anything and she's just been this like she's shown me how to be that woman um but so many here have but um I think that's what we're missing is just seeing each other and as we've grown it's really hard to um but just older and younger just like noticing each other and really seeing and praying for each other and stepping in those places um is like one of the special gifts of us specifically as women I think mm-hmm. is something that we really have that's a gift mm-hmm. is to step in and pray for each other be there for each other and see one another it's such like a unique gift that God's put on our life and one thing that I think we can really speak into younger Christians as either older women or even older Christians um and then just as a younger woman just know that it's really so beneficial to have those like prayers like older women holding us up so Especially as tired mamas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but, and not just Beth, so many of you, but I was thinking of her specifically because she just really took that time and I I could tell she she really saw me in that moment and that was like, and I think that's what the Lord does too, right? And it was that perfect image of this is like, this is her showing God's love in like the the best way that she possibly could have, so. Sounds like priestly ministry. Yeah, it, that's what I was thinking of when you said that, was that she really, like, interceded on my behalf for, like, months. Yes. Awesome. And, like, I can see the fruit of that now that, like, I knew she was doing in, like, the summer, you know? That's so, so awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I was going to say, that it reminds me just the word sisterhood. Like, we're all sisters in Christ. And I think, like, some are more motherly maybe because they've walked the road longer but like we're all sisters still even if we're mothers and 
mm-hmm. children. <laughs> right. Because at um, my age, I'm going through some really hard things, and yeah. I've had a lot of younger women pray <laughs> for me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but it feels cool. weird to be... You, I know you're not just supposed to share all your troubles with everybody. <laughs> right. So I have felt a little lost as a newcomer, like right. trying to figure out, like, who do I talk to? I really need someone to talk to. Right. Yeah. So that brings up a broad orthodox challenge, I think, that mm-hmm. people have. And maybe you don't have this, but I'm going to use it as a springboard to talk sure. about something that's maybe not what you're saying, but I see it happen a lot, is the idea that... The, there is a specific pastoral function of the priest, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Sacramental, you know, image of Christ, all those kind of things. But as you said, like, it, everybody's ministry. Right. There's a particular person who's kind of put their, you see this, like, order, <laughs> direction, leadership, mm-hmm. teaching. Mm-hmm. That is the basic structure. Uh, sacramental realities, but we, as Orthodox, we know catechetically, right? Mm-hmm. Sac- there is kind of, I could say seven sacraments, but mm-hmm. that encounter was a sacramental moment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Praying is sacramental. Fasting, all these things are sacraments, right? Mm-hmm. Mysteries, let's just use that word. <laughs> and that there are some folks who are encouragers. We see this in the book of Acts. We see this mm-hmm. in Pauline. Le- there are some folks who are encouragers. There are some people who are like go-getters. There are some people who, mm-hmm. if you want to start talking about like people have certain gifts that other people don't. Mm-hmm. And some people are more practically minded and some people see like all they can see is the forest and they can't see the trees and they need people to help mm-hmm. with the trees. And this is men and women, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the, the, the ability to keep things together and that ministry is done by the whole body of Christ and not just like you should be able to find somebody. But I think the challenge that we have is in a practical challenge. Yeah. This space <laughs> works against that mm-hmm. because we don't have the space. We probably need three times the space, maybe four times the space. Well, I mean, I could see how that would be a really heavy burden on you because you feel like you're responsible to make that happen. But I don't see that as being a problem. I see it. I see this church and my husband too, and we've had a lot of mixed experiences. And I mean, not, we love the Orthodox Church, but. Be blunt. It's fine. It's just not. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. things just don't go the right way. Yeah. Yes. And being here has been just like coming home. Like it doesn't Ooh. matter what you're going through. We don't care if there's no walls anymore in the middle. There's <laughs> <Like, laughs> wonderful people and they're all discovering orthodoxy. And there's people like Lynn and, you know, like Beth and Julie and Deborah <laughs> and you and Matushka Beth too. Just who... There's a really wonderful spirit here already, which I'm sure you can't always see when you're in the middle and you're in charge. But I mean, probably most of you guys experience that too. It is nice to be able to have these moments to be able to actually see it. Because otherwise, (laughs) it is I fly 30,000 feet above the. uh, In general, I also do that. So. (laughs) And there's that balance. We can't get too big because then we will need more than one priest. So. we can be this size and maybe a teeny bit bigger, but after that, 
we should have another mission. We should find another church or be able to hire more than one priest. So, because you can't, you can't go, you can't even do house blessings for everybody right now. So, um, yes, because we are also spread out a lot. Uh, yes. Yeah. But deacons can deacons do house blessings? I didn't think no. so. No, we're not Romans. Romans deacons can marry, baptize. Oh, all, yeah. Okay. I think it's because yeah. they have a shortage of priests, but that's a whole other conversation. Oh, okay. Yes, that's true. It's almost like <laughs> going back to the main topic. We need big brothers big sisters program inside well i wonder so since you said that 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 word sister and you said sisterhood i have one like part of it is trying to figure out what skeleton can we put in place that then the flesh can grow right or like that's not that's not how it works but (laughs) the framing to then build right like how how you know, and I've tried different things here and there. I don't know. I'm open to the idea of small groups, and I think, but small groups also requires someone to be like the consistent, or two people to be the consistent people. Otherwise, it falls apart. Because even synaxis, right? Like we started out, we had twice the women. Now we're about this is about, and the same with the men. And this is all different people than the first two meetings. Just about. Yeah. Well, I was in a town the first. I couldn't come. And this is a challenge when we have it monthly, right? Because it's always this time, but like I missed the last men's because we had a date set <laughs> from the Valentine's Day and I didn't think on the calendar correctly. And I said, we're going to honor that. Mm-hmm. It was also one of the last nights to eat meat. So the guys got to go eat meat. And, and, Ter- and Terry helped lead a discussion about technology and our walk with Christ. But So great. But that's exactly, like, to be able to, so I'm still wondering, like, would a sisterhood or a brotherhood naming something like that, would that help? Or would that just create another ministry where two people are kind of running a giant thing that isn't actually helpful? So I'm open, but part of this is also brainstorming. Like, I'm open. I want to find something that works that might have to be amended at some point because we change, like, just things change. Well, I like this group, and I like the small group. However, I'm a project person, and I'd much rather work on a project with somebody than save, have lunch together. Not that I, you know, but anyway. What if we just had more projects? (laughs) You know, you just come, you kind of work beside somebody, you get to know them a little bit better, you might share one thing, they might say one thing that, you know, turns on the light for you, or, or not. You know, but still, I think when well, you're working you... shoulder to shoulder with some polishing the brass or fixing a plate, we have a Saturday coming up for that. <laughs> we have a Saturday coming up I mean, for polishing I brass. Really look forward is to it on the count? It's not, not everybody. It is. Not everybody has that perspective that I do. It's not on the Google. Internet. It's not on the Google calendar. I don't think. Are you spring clean? Are you looking for like people are coming to you and you can't handle them all, and you wish you could say, "Why don't you talk to blank?" Why don't you go talk to so no 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 it's not it's not necessarily a uh, a, a, at the level of like pastoral Mm -hmm. as much as like the stuff that doesn't necessarily qualify as like pastoral situations as much as like that young man coming to me saying like I or like folks wanting to be able to exercise their faith in ecclesially and not just like on their own in home and at work. But they need a place to be able to say it like that's like you can pick this up and help. 
Right. Because as you're saying, mm-hmm. you're right. Like, what can you- why, why were relationships in World War II, just to use a random, like, why were the men bound together in mm-hmm. the ditches? <laughs> because they had a common goal. And, they, and I think Sunday morning can be like that if it is being fed by all the rest of the life happening well, together you need our permission like maybe you can just say hey you know because you're getting to know everyone probably more than anyone else so you could say sort of oh maybe, maybe <laughs> i get to know see. people in, in particular ways because i'm the priest mm-hmm. but maybe you could refer them to people that's what i'm suggesting. exactly so like mm-hmm. <clears throat> to have like feeder like if you get <clears throat> a mentor program that people volunteer i will I agree to be a mentor, and then you could send that's, to the mentor. Group. That's what my godmother was to me when I became Muslim. <coughs> that's what I was thinking, too. But what about I think how's one of the, the difficulties here is that I know that so many people have godparents who are out of state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or that your godparents are just like a year ahead of you <laughs> in the yeah, walk. Sometimes right. that happens where right. people well, will become Orthodox, but well, they were, their um, godparent was just Christian. So this brings up the whole question of what godparents are. And I think we were actually discussing this as clergy in the diocesan like pastoral conference we just had a few weeks ago. Because historically the whole thing of godparents <coughs> has changed. In like the second and third century, it was basically witnessing and saying, this person is no longer a drunk anymore. This person does not work at the local tavern anymore. This person has forsaken these things and is now their their home life is better and they're praying regular. That was like a witness to what was going on with someone. Because they're all living in the same village. <coughs> or the same city, right? The same like, city block. Yeah, close, closer. I mean, we're still not talking about like modern Manhattan, but mm-hmm. right. <coughs> Everybody would have lived off the turnpike or something. and mm-hmm. So... The challenge, what happened to godparenting in general is it shifted over time because of Christendom. What I mean by Christendom is <coughs> it wasn't adults converting anymore. It's babies being baptized all over the place. And in the Balkans, it became kind of a clannish thing. So <coughs> I think there is, and we talked about this, there's a need to kind of rediscover what exactly that role is. <coughs> I'll get you some water. Thanks. Because <coughs> I think one of the... Whether or not somebody is officially, I don't know I'm saying that you're saying this, but like whether or not someone's officially a godparent or not, because I've had somebody ask, can my, like, my kids' godparents apostatize? They're like left the Christian faith. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. I'm like, well, find some older couple or somebody else. Mm-hmm. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to become, it's, it's not like, it's an it's intractable thing, thank you. Mm-hmm. It is something that I think different people are going to play those roles. Basically, what I tell people right now, godparenting is you have a specific responsibility of praying for them. You kind of help them. You might be one of their go, first go-tos in quite asking about the Orthodox faith. Uh, but beyond that, it's kind of like when you choose a patron saint. I'll use this as a, a parallel. You choose a patron saint. I was baptized Maximus, Right. <clears throat> it's because who I was drawn to, that's who I'm praying to, etc. When I was ordained, I went back to Daniel because I was named for Daniel the prophet by my parents. Mm-hmm. And folks have asked, like, I had a, you know, chose a patron saint, and now I have this strong devotion to such and such. Can I, like, add them to my name? <laughs> or like, And I'm like, no, you, that is who your patron saint is. That's fine, because guess what? You can add other saints that you pray to. You can have devotion to all sorts of saints. Mm-hmm. 
that's the same. Like I think with godparents, mm-hmm. <coughs> it is a specific kind of function. But I think uh, I don't want to over formalize it mm-hmm. because that has its own challenges attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you might have a falling out with a godparent, and then what do you do? Right, <laughs> that happens. Or they might be somebody that like you thought that you would like really get on with, and right. you or need to find somebody else. Would you feel like I don't know why, but I've I've tried being a mentor before, and I don't know. It just started to feel weird, like <coughs> expected to be something. Right. But I felt I wondered if if you would feel comfortable just in your own mind when you talk to somebody, and then you maybe ask God to help you <laughs> think of who you could. And then ask the person, you know, would you mind helping this person? And then just informally arrange, like, little partnerships. <coughs> so I, would, I don't want to be the matchmaker matchmaker. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would rather things exist that are kind of, I'll say institutions, but that makes it more <coughs> bureaucratic than I want it to sound. But, like, typical normal gathering spots mm-hmm. that are outside of small groups or something. Like where we have people... <coughs> Rubbing shoulders on a regular basis. To lead them through volunteers, slash or tasks, right? The the connection tables. If we could make them, I mean, like they had that running and exercise, whatever. Well, there's not a group yet, but we're trying to get one going. Maybe there'll be some people that say, okay, we're going to go run this trail at 10 o'clock next Saturday or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we need to get that to go a little I mean, things like that need to happen, and that I want those tools <coughs> to keep going because maybe that will help something. You're hoping they'll develop organically. Yes. Yes, we want. I do to. not want to be the organizer right, right, for right. people's social life. I know. Because that. <laughs> that's what will happen. Just a phone call. <laughs> you could just ask, like, would you be willing to talk to some this person? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I, I think that what there is is it. I think there just needs to be an encouragement generally, and this is probably something I probably even to say in a sermon or something, just kind of like. things that happen at church there's all a a kind of organic development that happens and it's happening here it's not that it's not happening i just think sometimes it just needs a little bit more structure because otherwise people just feel lost there's some people still left out that (laughs) because they're not naturally gregarious or they're not naturally going to go out of their way or and because of that they might go to the same table i don't know yeah sundays feel anxiety i mean sundays can feel like anxiety and as to my point especially when you have kids you could just feel (laughs) or You can feel lost in a sea of people and maybe not speak to another person. And other people probably feel that way, too. Like, you're just trying to survive on a Sunday. And part of it is that some people sit together, the same people every week, Mm -hmm. and then sometimes some people move around, and that's good. And I don't know if we should just say, sit with somebody you haven't sat with before. I don't know. Well, when we were so small, we all could fit at, like, one table (laughs) on a Sunday, and it was, like, fine. But But now we can't do that. I I cannot look most people in the eye because I'm just, like, Kid, kid, play the food. Kid, kid, where's the nearest table? Oh, empty chair. Sit for five minutes. Get up. You know, I mean, that's me. Right. Because I have right. little kids. Yeah. That's different when you don't have little kids. I totally get that. I would be table hopping way more if I didn't have little kids. Well, but I'm it's... shy, so I don't table hop. Yeah. That's right. So, what, what do you, I mean, what about a women's group that, like, this is a sisterhood, and it gets bigger, and, like, people actually commit to come, and then we have projects, like, we're going to do a ministry out of this women's group, but you stay 
in touch with it so that one woman isn't leading it or a little but he group isn't lead it. leading it, you know? I mean, well, I, I think, think so I think we maybe have the structure right? and I'm fine, like, I want to brainstorm. So I don't feel like we're off topic. This is part of the reason why I chose this text, right? Yeah. I mean, is, well, a lot of Orthodox churches have a women's group and a men's group and they choose a saint. Right. Saint was Saint Nina at Holy Cross. Mm-hmm. And, saint, and so the women of Saint Nina met once a month or something, and, but we would usually, sometimes we'd have a project, but we wouldn't always. Sometimes it would be a Bible study. Sometimes it was making blankets for the hospital. Right. Or it was or making prayer shawls. Yeah, we... Or you yeah, could have a speaker yeah. come. Or, or a pilgrimage you, to a, a monastery. Or at Sarah's church, or because it's a huge... <laughs> um, and I... Some of them are fundraising. I do not want to be a fundraiser. No, 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 no. That is not. I grew up with my mother and my dad saying, you're not supposed to raise money in church. It's supposed to be coming in from tithes. And I lived in a church that we made most of it. But whenever they did fundraisers, my mother would not participate. She goes, no, that's not the way we're supposed to do it. So it's in my head. But I think we should be here as a woman. And I don't want to be selling stuff or making, making goods to sell to make money. No. I mean, when we do a when we do something that like could be a side sale, project that is chosen for a season that is yes. done and it's done yes you don't and that's do, not what but not one of purpose. our churches yeah. you couldn't go through coffee you had to pay to go through coffee oh, hour. I know. and i said you know what i'm not gonna pay for going through coffee and we have two kids and then they and then somebody said they tithe they give more money than anybody else so don't we're not gonna make them pay <laughs> yeah. so um and we were young couples oh, and, and I'm just, you know other people and I'm not bragging or anything. I'm just going, I don't like that. But women can have another project to do things, or it's just to meet. But it So needs let to me talk meet. structurally just so for a I don't minute. know how that works. I, this think, is, I think doing the, the monthly thing, but then it needs to be, I'll use the word, like padded out with other things that are attached to it. Yes. Like this is a touchstone, or like this is a touch point. And I... I'm fine with wherever it develops. It's not like this is, I want this to always be a monthly thing where I'm leading a Bible study. <clears throat> I'm open to all sorts of things. Me not even being here some months, that's fine. I don't really, that doesn't bother me at all. That's not what I have the, in mind, is to be able to set something kind of like anchor points to where natural things to grow and develop out of it. Does the OCA and, have a women's... Like the Antiochians. No, it's not like Philoptikos or um, Or I forget what. Right. Uh, So they don't have that in OCA. Okay. Because sometimes they would send you ideas on what to do. So I I think is the general consensus that something like a sisterhood would be a good idea. Some kind of. But the challenge is always how do you govern it? And I don't mean that like officers, but I just mean it's almost always. There's almost always got to be people who are like, you are tasked to lead this and we maybe even make it like kind of how we develop the ministries which i need to we need to refresh that you have somebody who's on point like two or three like a, a group of ladies who are on point for a year, a year. and then they and can hand it on somebody else do it yeah because things like you mentioned koliba mm-hmm. you know how many new folks who come in they don't even know what that is mm-hmm. or they maybe heard it once mentioned in catechism but like it we're not going to do a recipe <laughs> Like, that's not really what catechism is supposed to do. We've talked about making it practical. But in some of those ways, a brotherhood or sisterhood could provide some of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how is that different from this meeting? 
I think this is saying this would be like part. This would be saying this would be like part of the sisterhood. You would need you need a few more folks, kind of like what you're doing, Lynn. We need a few more of you to say, I'm going to do this thing, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And ladies are like, I've had somebody who has requested because they liked how things were before we made it into the synaxis because it was just kind of there was a book and it was kind of hanging out, but almost all those folks, a lot of those folks who used to go to that, don't come anymore. I don't know exactly why, but part of it is also then if somebody wants, they, they still desire to have a set time where they know folks are going to be there, even though they can't make it month to month, that's outside of this. So if we had like three or four things, somebody's house doing tea. But the stuff that you were doing with like the, the craft stuff or learning certain things, the challenge has always been there might be the desire but then somebody to actually lead it and be consistent about it, that has always been the challenge. And I consider the book discussion that I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Some weeks, some months, we get two or three people. This last month, I mean, a couple of Sunday, we had six people, which is huge and wonderful. So, um, plus me. So, you know, and it's But this would be a place. But it's different people. So there's a bunch of them out there. And I think somebody plugging it here rather than just dismissal announcements or in the email because if they people know and there's a personal touch to it i think it's just different right right right. that's right so i don't want to take up anything else i'm going to stay with the book club but yes i think it would and you need to do your parts and whatever else i don't know so but yeah well, we've gone a little bit over an hour, and I think the kids are going to get really restless yeah, if right. we no, don't end. And I do like intergenerational like <laughs> things a lot. I really like it. And I like kids running around. So, <coughs> but you've got to make sure there's somebody that can keep them so that you can be working here and not... Because, <coughs> because she, she wouldn't be able to partake. I have a question to, on a more practical note. Are we speaking of Kaliva? We have Lent coming up, and there is going to be a service, right? Where there's, we yes, all there's can Saturdays. Yes. Submit names. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be one Saturday or multiple Saturdays? There's multiple. I'd have to look at the calendar. I, I think it's at least two because I think the third one is Annunciation. So Christ that Annunciation two. will. Maybe we could have a day when. There's two. I mean, I don't necessarily okay, have to go. be the person, but I'm willing to, <laughs> with my limited knowledge. To show everyone how to make Kaliva, and we can bring it together. Great. Yeah, that would be come. great. I think you yeah. just yes. get it on the calendar and make sure there's not anything else on the calendar. Yeah. And there should be an email list, to her point, but it, it's not really out there. Like, it, I borrowed an email list from her. I know, but I don't I have doing, the, but we don't have the so, so email list. <coughs> all right, so this is a good place to talk about. One of the things that we are looking right. into is uh, basically getting a church management system that has giving aspect and like accounting stuff mm-hmm. to help the treasurer have easier accounting stuff. Mm-hmm. But another aspect of it is it basically uh, is a one-stop kind of app, but also website, so you don't have to download the app if you want, where there would be inner commu- like community. You can talk to each other. Right. <coughs> uh, set up groups. Yes, you can set up groups. Uh, that is more there is that that exists right now but we have we the directory you can do that mm-hmm. but I don't really like the current one because it's a little clunky it's worked in the, the pinch and not very many people have signed in, in. <coughs> there's, there's, we have quite a few well, we've got a, but there's a lot that haven't and then somebody in, in the last month 
three different people that said, I really wish we had a church directory and that had pictures in it. And I went, well, yeah, we do, nice. but not everybody's put their pictures in. But so it's a it's a voluntary thing. So well, somebody could volunteer to take pictures of everyone and put their names in. <laughs> exactly. Yes. The challenge for me is... I can't, the amount of stuff that comes at me that actually right. needs my attention, I can think of all these things. I thought of all of, almost everything right, right, that you right. said. Not that like, oh, I thought of everything, but it's just fun. like, I don't, I just say, I can't do that right yeah. now because I have to do the service. <laughs> but if you like announce, because it was announced, but only like for twice. No, it was like two or three months. Two or three months. <laughs> you needed someone so, to, to organize that? Let me say, can, sorry. Let me just say that I think, and I don't know everything, so if I'm wrong, but like Father has like a specific role in the church to perform the sacraments and be the church. But there's an importance, and I think as we're growing, of lay ministry. And I think what he's imploring us to be is this lay ministry of ministering to the women and becoming that sisterhood and being the leaders of that Mm -hmm. and not putting that on the job of the priest whose job is already enough. Mm -hmm. So if we can really become those lay ministers within our own parish and mm-hmm. become those leaders is really, I think, what we're getting at. <laughs> Instead of trying to put anything on Father, anything that we can do amongst ourselves, yeah. like, it's it's our responsibility. You're already doing it. Well, not already, that we're already, like, already happening. It's happening. It just needs yeah. structure to people and, and encouragement. transparency, like, so people know. Not and Father needs to word, know. Clarity. You need to know about it, but... yeah. Yeah, but even then, like, there are times, like, I'll get CC'd on emails. I don't respond to every single email no, because it's just information. No. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. But, like, we're going to have uh, donations for, what is the Volunteer name of it? Volunteer Ministries. Volunteer Ministries for basically transitioning homeless into, oh, out, off the streets, basically, right? Like, the, these things that have grown up with the, so this is happening. I think what we need is, like, a platform and some structure. That's all. Mm-hmm. So it is more, because I know what's going on. But I can't, part of it is like, I just, I can't think of all the things. And the dismissal, you know, the announcements would become 30 minutes. Uh, So how do we create that space in that, uh, that's not just the weekly email? Because that's just kind of, again, that's one nodal point. We kind of need, so this is one of the reasons I want to push on this church management system, is that there's like a one-stop shop where you can go see what the schedule is. You can see what the weekly email is. You can see what your small group, like that that communication, because otherwise it all becomes incumbent upon somebody to have their own little email set up or their own text thread. Mm -hmm. And then it's hard to get people in. And then there's also not transparency. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it's great like doing the monthly thing, but I'm sure some folks will be here for six months and they don't even hear that it's being announced and they don't read the email. Mm Which is why I also send out an email just to the ladies. I blind copy everybody so that but they don't, most of them don't read. I know that most of them don't read it. And some of them say, just take me off the list. And I go, no, I'm not taking you off the list. But because that's too much, no, it's not too much. I say, you might decide in three years you want to start doing that again. Just delete the email if you don't want it. So yeah. I yeah, once good, you get the group, it's good. it's good to email them, but to get people but you into to get the group, people in the group, right. like you're with the Psalter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You're new here, so you have a, a particular. Mm-hmm. What were you going to? Were you going to see? Oh, I wanted to get on that group, and I don't know how to. Which group? This is the lady. Right, you did. We got a couple at the book club Sunday. She got a couple more to add. Write down your email. And I'll send you the list. 
Not putting you money. on it now. See, That's great. you need this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because I think it's also the reality is we get this. information. This is how I am. I'm sure you're like this too, which is why I encourage folks to email me more than text me. Because what happened is I'll get a flood of information and I can't remember every little jot and tittle. And I'm sure people are getting an email. They see a thing like, I'm interested in that thing. And then a child screams and there's poop on the wall. And you're just like... <laughs> And the email just, you know, you don't even think about it again. And then two weeks later, you're like, oh, yeah, that thing. Regarding the directory, I can talk with Deacon. I can bring my camera and I can take photos for a couple of weeks and get that information into the directory. I know that we're hoping to move to a different CMS. but I think the only reason for a different CMS is because it has more doodads. And that accounting part that I think the treasurer is very desirous of do we have a secretary we have a part-time administrator which is deacon Raphael. Uh, so we don't have a secretary secretary maybe we could think about that the challenge is always budget yeah especially if we're looking to build etc then that adds more to the budget father father alexander what's his last name from saint simeon's can't think of his name right now um down in birmingham the canaan yeah, I saw that place. It was, was so administratively amazing. And they had a secretary, mm-hmm. and she had this, the talent of helping them build their whole new building. <laughs> Somehow, wow. they might be worth talking to. Wow. That's all. Well, like, hey, how did you guys do this? How shall I say this? Three years ago, I'm glad I have a part-time something, because otherwise... it would, there There has been more structure that has occurred. Yeah. Uh, it just takes time to gear up to take on because we've added like 20 30 people in just the past like eight months i will also say Mm -hmm. the transition from father Stephen and mother beth to father daniel has been a big transition yeah and we've the the amount of growth that's occurred Mm -hmm. just for whatever reason in that time is also big so i think that father Stephen and mother beth were already going through the small mission Mm -hmm. to a bigger size like around 100 that was already happening Mm -hmm. and they were saying Help, help, you know, yeah. retirement, because yeah. they could see what was going to happen, yeah. and it's happening now, and so now it's that, just the transition of, like, we're bigger now. <laughs> um, and I had that was the first thing when there. I Sorry, became the rector, and we had our annual meeting. That was what I talked about for 45 minutes, right. and then COVID happened, and yeah. it was just like, an abyss opened up, and all the planning and stuff that had kind of, it just went, <laughs> But I know the secretary from that church, and I could, if there was somebody who would be the person to talk to her. When I've talked to other folks, almost the challenge is always things have to kind of boil up from below and trying to copy and paste what somebody else said. I will copy and paste certain things, but typically it's the the constellation of Mm -hmm. personalities and availability. Because for all I know, she could be a retired lady who used to be a secretary for a building firm and it just worked (laughs) it was just there (laughs) right so so we could i'm sure we could talk for a while i do know one thing that i want to uh the next meeting i need a calendar let me go grab a calendar I think the next time it's supposed to be on Annunciation, which is yes, not which you don't want to do. Yeah. We were going to meet the Sunday after that, the 29th, which will be the fifth Sunday. Wait, Saturday Monday. or Saturday? Saturday. But what are we doing? Sorry, Saturday. In it March. was the 25th. So make it. So the, skip the 25th and go to the next Saturday, which is the first of April. Oh, is mm-hmm. that okay? Does that actually work? Is that just? what we did? We say just skip 
March. I, I think just because and then yeah. every Saturday, every yeah. Lent is. It's cool. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at March and April. So in April. It's April 1st is a Saturday. Okay. And April has this is an alien. five Saturdays. Oh, wow. That's really That's good. Awesome. <laughs> he has a cross on top. Cool. <laughs> Just, we were talking about the 29th of April. The what? Sorry. 29th of April. Oh, okay. The 20th. Oh, oh, skip Sorry. March altogether. Because, yeah. because April 22nd is Bright Saturday. So April 29th will be the next time. But we're going to skip March. Yes, it's, it's just, yes, yeah. I agree. I, that totally makes sense to me. Every single Saturday is basically wall-to-wall -wall stuff going on. Right, so right. this is not, so it's still listed for March 25th, but we're not going to do that. Correct. We're going to, you need to take it off, get yep. somebody to take it off the calendar. Yep. Um, so do March 29th instead of the 22nd. No, April, no, April 29th. 29th. April 29th instead of April 22nd. If you came on March 29th, you'll come to uh, a pre-sanctified <laughs> in the evening. If you want me to do the Koliva thing, just tell me when. Is, you, is you're going to have to find what other people, you gotta their schedule. you got to make a decision on a date and then announce it. So Can I at least know when the Koliva stuff's happening? It's on the so calendar. So the Memorial oh, Divine Liturgies, there's March 11th and March 18th. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just but March eleventh is well, I think that's is a Soul Saturday. Okay, but that's also yeah. the day we're going to clean the church. Yep. Yeah, so, they, so that's it. You don't want be better. So you don't want to do but that. How about before? No, I before the she's 11th. talking about okay, you'd have to bring 11th. the Koliva, so it has oh, to be before right. that. It's not it's that be day. Before that, yeah. And what? It's, it's in the morning. March eleventh right? at nine a.m. and March eighteenth at nine a.m. Yep. So March the fourth would be a Saturday, or you could do it one evening. But I don't. We're all yes, please. Oh yes. What did you get that? They were up front by the by the the front door. By the door. She wants one. Okay. We'll have to pronounce some more. I'm uh, Father Deacon, and I were talking about doing an, a fish fry for the Camp Saint Thecla Fund, a fundraiser for the kids. Um, on Annunciation, it's Fish Day, so if anybody wants to help me plan that, what's on a Saturday? Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, that will be fun. So Stanley is gonna fry the fish. So we just need to find sides and coordinate and do all this stuff. But if anybody wants to help me plan that, okay. We just have like a, a suggested donation oh, price yes, so. for a plate really of food. Is. Yeah, I think so. And where is Sunday? Uh huh. So before we do more structural stuff, let's end this recording with a prayer, and then we'll. Oh go. yes, yes. Lord, now let us help thy servant depart according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen the salvation which thou hast prepared for the face of all people. The light to the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you.